Today we're going to begin our first of our three original Star Wars trilogy themed MLB Trade History podcasts. Um, we're both Star Wars fans too, and and this week Amir and I are going to discuss one of the more lopsided trades uh, in recent history, and it's something that is you know so lopsided that it often gets talked about to this day, right? Even Almost 25 years later. It's amazing it's been that long. So, the Red Sox traded a young third baseman, AAA, I think, uh, player, Jeff Bagwell. And in return, uh, that was to the Houston Astros. In return, the Astros gave up a middle reliever, Larry Anderson. And you want to say some more about that trade, Amir? Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, it just speaks for itself. You look at, you just have, all you need to do is uh, type in both those guys' names. <laughs> the first thing you'll see is a bunch of blogs about how, what a crappy trade that was for the Red Sox. Probably mostly written by Red Sox fans. Of course. Um, or Peter Gammons, maybe. Yeah, Peter Gammon probably wrote like a thesis and got a PhD on it. <laughs> Uh, after he abandoned the Bill Buckner thing <laughs> between his legs and then his interviews with A-Rod. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's incredible how these trades happen. This was a trade that occurred at the end of the waiver wire. Like, that's the yep. deadline for waiver wire, so yep. it was like a last-minute thing. Yep. Um, August 30th? Yeah. 1990? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Bagwell went on to have like a arguably a Hall of Fame career, and if you know, obviously there's no been no rumors of him use juicing. So, victim of the era, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we expect him to get into the Hall of Fame sometime. And Larry yeah. Anderson had a good career. He actually had a great season or the last great month for yeah. the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and they went on to the playoffs and they got beat badly by the A's. Yeah. 4-0. But yep. um, yeah. I mean, it's it's just kind of. It's interesting, like these kind of trades actually happen. And, and, yeah. and Scott, you mentioned they actually offered up another player. Yeah, so supposedly the, the Red Sox offered Scott Cooper, who was you know, a young third baseman, I believe, um, in the Red Sox chain at the, at the same time. And, you know, the Astros, as, as horrible as they've been the last three seasons, and with their drafting and playing and not signing the first-round draft pick this year, back then, obviously a different regime, right? And, uh, you know, they they said, no, you know, we, we don't want Scott Cooper. We want Jeff Bagwell. And, you know, it's interesting because the reason the Red Sox made, you know, Scott Cooper and Jeff Bagwell expendable um, is that you know they had Wade Boggs playing third mm-hmm. base and, but you know what the Astros had Ken Caminetti playing yeah. third base and, you know and the Astros converted Jeff Bagwell into a first baseman so, you know this has come up a couple times Amir in in our prior podcast about whether you're drafting or trading you know for for young talent do you go for need or 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 talent and in this case. On both ends, uh, you know, Boston gave up, uh, you know, additional talent or was willing to give up additional, either, either Cooper or Bagwell, because they had Boggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're loaded at third base, right? And, you know, Houston, 
they had a third baseman already, but the talent was there, and mm -hmm. you just you you can always flip players, right? Like Boston did in this trade, or if you're on the receiving end, you know, if you have too much third, too many third basemen, move them somewhere else, mm -hmm. left field, first base. Look in Bagwell's case, so. Yeah, I mean the the Astros had Glenn Davis for a long time, and they they yeah. traded him away. And yeah, and th that's probably the the topic of a future podcast too for for Amir and I. So, and you know Jeff Bagwell just really had this great career, and even a lot of his stats that are are known or maybe not as known are really. I mean, people think typically think of his power numbers, right? His home runs, his RBIs, and extra base hits. But he stole a lot of bases and had a couple of 30-30 seasons. And he had a he had a 40-30 season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually. So, you know, to your point, the Red Sox thought that okay, well, we have Wade Boggs, we have Scott Cooper, and it's fine to trade back one. It's kind of interesting they offered up. I was just looking at Scott Cooper's stats. Mm -hmm. They actually were kind of justified the next year because when Scott Cooper was brought up from the minors, he batted 400 in like the last yeah. month of the year, like yeah. you know all that stuff. And, yeah. and Larry Anderson had like a 1.23 ERA. He oh, did really well. He was for, great. Yeah, he did really well for that last month. Yeah. But I mean, and at the same time, the Astros traded for Jeff Bagwell when they still had Glenn Davis. I mean, looking at like thinking. Right. How they thought about the future is like it's incredible, you know. And then they right. they flipped Glenn Davis for another amazing trade. That, yeah, uh, as you alluded to, we're going to talk about later. One of my all-time favorites. In yeah. Another podcast. Um, do you want to just briefly say, you know, maybe tease that in the uh, the Glenn Davis deal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and this kind of goes into I think why they actually were willing to take on Bagwell, even though that Glenn Davis at first and Kemenetti at third, you know, because Bagwell came up as a third baseman. Yeah. So I think that they were preparing to lose Glenn Davis to free agency. Mm. And, you know, that's why they ultimately traded him to the Baltimore Orioles for Pete Harnish, Oof. Steve Finley, and Kurt Schilling. That's. That GM needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I yeah. don't know what his name is. I don't care. The Astros one, yeah. Yeah, whatever his yeah. name is. I'm going to look him up right now. Yeah, because I, I, I want to say he's someone who's, had, I mean, beyond those trades, really did well for, obviously for the Astros, but probably beyond, too. That's an amazing, that's an amazing trade. Um, yeah. so what's funny is, like, so you think about Ken Kamendi, he actually, you know, he had good years. I'm just... Looking at his stats, like he did, uh, you know, in 1990, he only hit four home runs. His stats weren't great. So, I mean, they could have right. afforded to, if Bagwell would turn out to be a great player, they could have, they could just afford to, you know, put him at third base and if they don't. But mm -hmm. it's just such, it was just great. Um, well, Caminetti, too, is someone who blossomed, blossomed later on in his career, um, although, you know, he won the MVP with the Padres. That, that was another big trade, by the way, yeah. the, the Astros-Padres trade, um, which also in, in, involved Steve Finley, by the way. But yeah. um, he kind of blossomed a little later. I remember early on in Caminetti's career with the Astros, yeah, he, it's kind of like, you know, decent player, but not, you know, 
-hmm. you know, do we uh, replace him with Bagwell or not? You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of up in the air, but yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the Bagwell trade is just incredible. So I start, I mean, I started thinking about this trade. It's like, why would Red Sox do such a thing? Because mm -hmm. now we think about it, like, here's my. Um, I guess now in the modern era, 24 yeah. years later, yeah. getting a reliever, technically, there's some managers, GMs, that are really good at getting, like, middle relievers. Right. And middle relievers have become kind of the norm. That's what you need. If you want to win the World Series, you need yeah. to have starting pitching. But almost as important, if not more important, you need to have that bullpen and right. not just a close. You need to – that bridging the gap between the starter and mm -hmm. the closer – and it's just like, I'm thinking, like, but still, like, you, it's easy to get him. I've seen a lot of middle relievers come to a lot of the teams, and they, they teams don't generally give up too much. Right. The only thing that can explain is, I think, in 1990, that was, like, almost the change in the era of, like, the starters going, pitching nine innings no matter what. Right. To, like, having, like, specialists. Right. And so a lot of the GMs didn't have, didn't really, they knew that it was important to have specialists, right. but they didn't know the importance and they didn't know how to handle or get middle relievers. Right. And I think I, I'm almost willing to bet that during that era, a lot of pitchers got traded, mm -hmm. a lot of middle relievers, for like really good prospects for no reasons. And, and that's actually a great point, Amir, because if you think about it, look at the, you know, Tony La Russa is giving credit by many for that, you know, kind of set up and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like specialized pitching with mm -hmm. the relief core and, you know, like Dennis Eckersley's big thing is he never pitched beyond one inning per, you know, mm -hmm. per appearance, right? So unless he was getting, you know, knocked around, he'd pitch, you know, under an they inning. They made him but, go back in there just to yeah, punish him. There you go, yeah. So, and so like when this trade was made, you know, the, the, uh, the A's were just coming off their last World Series appearance where they lost to the Reds. And look at the Reds, right? The Nasty Boys, Rob Dibble, Randy Myers. Actually, this was after they'd won it. This was nineteen. Oh, so this is the year yeah, yeah, after, right? Yes, yeah. they were elected. They yeah. Were, and the Red Sox could just not get past the A's. So in 89, right. they lost to them. Yeah. yeah. So that, but but the, the, that trend there was, I think you're right, it was just beginning. And, you know, I... You know, being we're both in San Francisco. If you guys, if you are listening, audience don't know this. Uh, you know, Brian Sabian, who the current Giants GM, that's been his philosophy for a while: is build on the relie the relievers. He's always looking to pick up relievers, and um, the Giants' current uh, manager is Bruce Bochy. And look at who he had as his. Seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys, you know, toward the some of those really good San Diego teams in the late nineties. Um, you know, Trevor Hoffman was closing, and they had Scott Weinbrink, mm -hmm. and um, I'm blanking on 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 the the third uh, pitcher, but it you know even there was one season I can't remember what year it was where you know Brian Sabian. Giants GM at the time, still is. He traded an unknown rookie, Scott Linebrink, to the Astros mm -hmm. for Doug Henry, who was a really solid middle reliever with the Giants the year before, with Milwaukee before that, mm -hmm. and with Houston that season. And when he came back to, to the Giants for mm -hmm. Scott Linebrink then. So, 
But on the flip side, too, is I think with the Larry Anderson-Jeff Bagwell deal, because it ultimately became so lopsided and because the Red Sox did not win it all that season, it's kind of like we want to be a little bit more careful now with mm-hmm. the talent we give up yeah. for these like rent-a-player-type deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still happened, right? But yeah. it, I think it was the beginning of the whole like relief pitching, specialized pitching thing, mm-hmm. and also the beginning of do we really want to give up these prospects or, you know, the whole thing about, you know, pro- good prospects are like currency, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we've talked about this before, and I think in my philosophy is like, you can, the easiest player, type of player to get nowadays in the modern era to improve your team is a middle reliever. Because let's say you're in the American League, you can actually go out to the National League and be confident enough that the middle relievers that you pick up Mm-hmm. are good, they're going to be just as good or comparable in the American right. League as they are in the National League because right. a middle reliever never has to pitch to a pitcher in the National League. They right. always come in to face the better hitters yeah. or they're there for emergency to throw a double play. Mm-hmm. And so, and less of a chance in the American League, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right, they, they don't pitch as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, no, because p- pitchers don't hit to the American League. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, I think like with the DH, you don't yeah. have to pinch hit and bring in a yeah. new pitcher. So yeah. it's like you yeah. can actually save them up. So that's, I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting deal. Um, Larry Anderson went on to play with San Diego. He ended yeah. up his career a couple of years later. And then Bagwell mm-hmm. went on to hit like what, 500 home runs and like yeah, being, having an amazing career. And uh well, Jeff Bagwell, you know, in that in that strike-shortened season, he he won the MVP in 1994, and mm-hmm. um, Jeff Bagwell. There's a lot of interesting numbers that Jeff Bagwell has on his on his resume, or is it like to say on the back of his baseball card? And you know, he's someone who's really durable. Um, mm. I mean, if you think of Iron Men first baseman, really the only other guy I could think of, other than like Lou Gehrig, obviously, is, is <laughs> Steve Garvey, right? Yeah. And um, Jeff Bagwell had many seasons where he played 162 games or almost 162 games, so which says a lot um, that he was obviously juicing to stay healthy, <laughs> <laughs> but. But, uh, but you know, regardless of that, because nothing has really come, again, a victim of his era, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe Mike Piazza, too, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember hearing a stat when Je- Jeff Bagwell re- retired, and that was really his, his one season when he was hurt, right? And he finally, um, you know, hung up the, the cleats, Um Someone put out a stat that he had a great percentage of going from first to third on, you know, infield or not, you know, hits through the through the hole, right, mm-hmm. through the infield, mm-hmm. and that goes back to like another uh, stat that's, that's more talked about, obviously, and that's that Jeff Bagwell stole a lot of bases, mm-hmm. and he had two 30-30 uh, seasons, one of which was a 40-30 season, mm-hmm. and you know, his overall uh, stolen base percentage was not that bad for someone who wasn't considered a, a base stealer, right? Mm-hmm. So, 94 MVP, over, well, 115 RBIs or something like that, second in home runs, so Matt Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and just a really solid player. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, a big part of two different sets of killer bees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Biggio, Bagwell, and well, Derek Bell, yeah. Derek Bell, uh-huh. and later on, Biggio, Bagwell, and Lance Berkman. Oh, right. So, right. Yeah. so yeah. No, I mean, I think. You know, I don't, by the way, like, uh, to those listening, Scott was joking about the steroids. Yeah. Because the thing is, there's no, it hasn't come yeah. out that he's done steroids. Yeah. So with that, like, yeah. he is a Hall of Famer if he I hasn't done so. steroids. Yeah. And it's just, this just, again, goes to show over and over again, a lot of these bad trades were partly because of maybe just bad luck, but, yeah. like, a lot of teams didn't value young talent as Right. But at times passing by, I feel like a lot of teams do value him. Although the Giants mm-hmm. recently traded two, two of their former top pitchers yeah. for a rental uh, game yeah. TV. So yeah. who knows? But, um, yeah, but it's yeah. hard to say. I mean, were you. I, I, I was just going to say, uh, um, I would really value. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really important to kind of build up your farm system right. and still kind of sign the players that come up through your system and. Uh, you know, build an identity with the team, you know. I'm yeah. not a big fan of going out and trading your young mm-hmm. players or even signing people mm-hmm. in a free agency and not being able to maintain some of your draft picks. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting about how... I mean, Amir and I, t- you know, we talked about this, right, in a previous episode of, of our one of our podcasts where... It's really hard to tell. It was our it was our trade uh, expanded edition, right? Trade edition. So it's really hard to evaluate a trade like immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Red Sox had won it all, and Jeff Bagwell ends up in the Hall of Fame, or you know he still had a great career, led the Astros to one World Series uh, appearance, right? I would say no brainer. It worked for both teams. But based on the fact that the Red Sox didn't win it all when they made that trade, um, I say that it definitely was a bad trade for the Red Sox. And even though Larry Anderson had great numbers as, as a reliever with them the rest of that year, you know, the rest of, you know, for September and a few games in October, right? But it's hard to evaluate a trade until really, you know, down the line, and so, yeah. So, would you would you be in agreement that that was a ripoff highway trade? Uh, do we need to sound the sirens yeah. for uh, whoever the GM was for for the Astros? And yeah, I mean, it's just uh, in hindsight, it's just such a stupid trade. Yeah. But like you said, you know, it takes time because you don't know that. At the same time, Wade Boggs left to the Yankees. Yeah. Scott Cooper ended up playing third base not very well. Yeah. Carlos Contana yeah. became the Red Sox first uh, baseman for a yeah. few years. And then Todd Benzinger was around. You know, it's oh, just yeah. kind of like, yeah. uh, although that might have been before. But it's just, um, you never know. But um, yeah. 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 So, I write, of course, right now, time heal all, heals all wounds. Yeah. Whereas the Red Sox win all these World Series, they have tons of money. Yep. Um, they're actually stocking up for draft picks this year. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And um, you know, 
they forgave Bill Buckner, right? Yeah. So, well, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, he's still not allowed in the city. And yeah, well, they have a thing on on, on field, I think, um, with him, like yeah. after the like first World Series of, of these last three, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, and yeah, it, it's yeah, all is forgiven, and you know, that's just, it's such a Boston arrogant thing to do. Not that no offense, Boston yeah. listeners, because we're gonna actually be talking about Boston church for the next yeah. year, and we love you. Yeah. And as Giants fans, the Red Sox are our sister team or brother team, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So on in the East Coast. So. Yeah. But uh, but it's so funny how like we forgive you, Bill Buckner. We forgive you. It's like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. Uh, and like if they hadn't won that first of these last three World Series titles, they probably would would still be angry and resentful, right? Yeah. So. So that's the the end of our you know this episode four Star Wars: A New Hope, which gave hope to the. To the Astros, and hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yeah, we uh, want to hear that our shows are much better than Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell uh-huh. on the Red Sox end. So, uh-huh. all right. Well, thank you, Amir. We'll speak to you next time. Take care.